But I want you to look tonight in Acts chapter 28 in the Bible. And I want to read you verses 1 down through verse number 11. And I appreciate that good song by Brother Reed. I'd never heard that. And I want to hear that again sometime, brother. That was great. Acts chapter 28. You know, I was studying today, and before I start reading, a lot of my preaching, Brother Jamie, has been in my ministry in Acts 27 and Acts 28. And I was sitting at the table there at the house before I left tonight, and I just got to thinking, man, I've done a lot of preaching in these two chapters. And I asked myself, why? And I believe God gave me the answer because Acts 27 and Acts 28 are two chapters that portray a lot of pictures of the Christian life. Because in Acts 27, you see days before a storm. And then in Acts 27, you see a horrible storm. And then in Acts 27, you see deliverance from the storm. And then in chapter 28, the storm is passed by and they've reached a place where they've been blessed. And friends, that's the way the Christian life is. There will be a storm out there on the horizon, or you may be in a storm right now. And then you may be coming out of a storm, or you may be already beyond it all, enjoying blessings on the other side. Well, tonight we're going to get on the other side of a bad storm, and I want to show you something that I hope will be a blessing to us tonight here in Acts chapter number 28. I'll read 11 verses. The Bible says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors and when we, we were departed, they laded us with things or with such things as were necessary. And after three months, we departed in the ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor 
and Pollux, let us pray. Father, we're so grateful tonight to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for our dear friends here at the Reedsville Free Will Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Woods and Sister Woods and all the dear saints of God, our helpers here in the building and those watching online. And I pray tonight's service will prove to be a special blessing to everyone that's watching, to everyone that's here. And Lord, whatever's accomplished in this time we have together, we'll give you the glory because Lord, we know tonight without you we can do nothing. Lord, what's accomplished, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I read you these 11 verses tonight. And if you're any what familiar with the chapter 27, the men on board this ship, there were 276 men. The ship was destroyed and they all made it safe to land. I'm trying not to get back in that chapter, but I'd like for you to understand why they're on this island. They were there because their ship was destroyed and by the miraculous hand of God, every person on board that ship, their lives were saved. As soon as they got to this island... They found it was called Melita. And Melita means sweetness. Melita is a place of honey, a sweet place. And I want to tell you tonight, friends, we might be in a storm. And certainly we're living in very unusual times. But I'm glad to tell everybody tonight, there is an island called Melita that's beyond all this, a place of sweetness. And one day the storm's going to be over and God's going to help us. He's never failed us. And thank God, ladies and gentlemen, He never will. Well, in the story, the barbarous people saw the Apostle Paul and these men that had came in out of that cold water. So, Brother Jimmy, they built them a fire so they could all get warm. And then you know the story. Paul, I always love to read this because Paul was industrious. He was a worker himself. He went out in the woods, Brother H.C., and he got gathered up some sticks and, and some stuff for the fire. And when he laid it in the fire and that wood got hot, there was a snake inside one of those logs asleep. And that snake came out when the, hot, the fire got hot. And I tell you something, when our church's fire gets hot, you better believe the devil's going to come out of the fire and he's going to do everything he can to stop us. And the Bible said that snake fastened on the hand of Paul. Now here's what Paul did and here's what you and I need to do. When we get attacked by the devil, we need to shake it off. The Bible said he shook off that snake into the fire and the Bible said he felt no harm. You know those barbarous people didn't know anything about God. They thought when he got snake bit that this was some kind of repercussion of this man being an evil 
man. But he didn't swell up and he didn't fall dead and the poison didn't hurt him. And then they made a complete change of thought and said he must be a god. Isn't that something? One minute they think he's a criminal, the next minute they think he's a god. But they were wrong in both cases. He was just a servant of the Lord just like you and I are. And when that old devil latches on, don't walk around with him. Don't take him with you. Shake him off and go on for the glory of God. There's some things we got to shake off if we're going to be effective in the kingdom of God. Well, I'm trying not to preach on that, but I guess I am. But on into the story, there was a man on this island who was the chief and his name was Publius. And Publius' father had a bad fever and a bloody flux. His father was a very sick man and at the point of death. And they brought Paul to Publius' father who was very ill, very sick. And the Bible said Paul prayed over him and this man's father was miraculously healed. There's another lesson for us. We serve a God that's in the healing business. You know God healed back there and God still heals today. Well, when those barbarous people saw this man get healed, they started bringing sick people to Paul and many more got healed because they saw the man Publius' father healed for the glory of God. Well, getting on into the story, three months pass as they stay on this island according to verse number 11. They departed after three months on this island. But my point tonight is verse number 10. As they were fixing to sell out, as they were fixing to leave the island of Melita, I want to show you two things that the barbarous people did for Paul and these other men. Notice in verse number 10, if you have a Bible, the Bible said, "...who also, notice, honored us with many honors, and when we departed..." They laded us with such things as were necessary. If you look at that, it's not hard to see. God designates the gifts that they gave to Paul and the other men that had stayed on this island for three months. It was designated number one as honors, number two as things necessary. Things that were honors and things that were necessary. You say, what's the difference? Well, honors, it was gifts and monies and blessings that they brought to Paul because they were so thankful for how God used him in bringing healing to those that were sick. They were just bringing some gifts of gratitude. They were just bringing some monies of gratitude. And I'm not preaching on that. That's a good subject there. But I want to devote our attention for a little bit tonight to that second thing they did. Not only did they bring honors, that is gifts and monies of their gratitude and appreciation, but notice in the last part of verse 10, they laid it up. They laded us, which means they loaded us up. They laded us with such things, do you see it, as were necessary. 
things that were necessary. Things that they had to have. You see, the honors, they didn't have to have all that, but God let them have that. But then God made it clear that the things that were necessary for their voyage, God made sure that they had things necessary. During the days of the coronavirus, there's some words that have come into our ears every day now for several weeks, words we didn't used to use. Words like social distancing. Words like herd immunity. You know, and then there's a word that's really ringing strong in our hearing today. The word essentials. You see, our governor, Roy Cooper, has a list. You see, we're locked down, you know that? And we're not supposed to go anywhere unless it's on Governor Cooper's list of essentials. It's the same principle, things necessary. Now, his list is not right. I've already read the list, and on that list is liquor stores. How many of you know that liquor stores are not essentials? Liquor stores are not things necessary. Now, I might blow up the internet tonight, but I'm here to tell you that wine is a mocker, and strong drink is raging, and whosoever's deceived thereby is not wise. I can't help what the governor said. I'm going with what God said. Now, in the natural, there are things that you gotta have. You gotta have shelter. You gotta have food. You gotta have clothes. Those are essentials. But tonight, for a few minutes, as we think on that thought, essentials, things necessary, things very important, things you can't live without, I'd like to direct that tonight for a few minutes in the spiritual world. Do you know, spiritually speaking, there are some essentials. Spiritually speaking to God's people, there's some things we gotta have. There's some things we can't make it without. And for a few minutes tonight, I'd like to give you some spiritual essentials. And while our governor's got us locked down, we better focus on the spiritual essentials because that's what's going to get us through and that's what's going to give us victory as we come out on the other side. Number one tonight, when you think about things necessary, when you think about essentials in the spiritual world, things absolutely Absolutely necessary things that are very important. Number one tonight, you and I as God's people, we have got to have the Scripture for our food. The Scripture for our food. I hear this all the time. People whining and moaning and groaning. My life is so busy I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, you got time now. Have you been reading your Bible now? I just read a while ago where Netflix has taken on 16 million new customers during all this lockdown. I wonder if 16 million people's picked up the Bible. I 
under 16 million people is depending upon the Bible as their spiritual food. But I want you to know something, people of God, tonight. This Bible is an essential. It is our food. And we as God's people, we cannot survive without it. They may call us names. They may, may hate on us and, and call us fanatics and, and Bible thumpers. I've been called everything under the sun. But I'm not ashamed of this old book because this is my food. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone. You've got to have bread. Amen? Bread is an essential in the physical. But Jesus said you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from out of the mouth of God. Friend, this is not just any book. This is God's book. This is a living book. And this is food for the people of God. Amen. i tell you how backslid we are. You know how God describes in this Bible how our hunger for the Word of God should be compared to? 1 Peter 2.2 2. Now hey, you may feel a little backslid, but that's what we're here for. We need to get right with God. The Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Now you give me a healthy little infant and I'll show you what hunger is when it comes time to be fed. And I'll tell you something about a little infant, if it's healthy and normal, it doesn't have to have a class to teach it that it ought to want milk. It don't need no class. You know, I've been to the hospital floor many times on, during my years pastoring and visiting the new baby and, and the mama and the dad and all that. But I've never yet seen a training class going on uh, for newborn babies so they could learn to drink milk. I tell you one thing a baby's got when it's born. It's got a built-in bottle drinking mechanism. And buddy, you get that bottle close to its mouth. How many of you know that baby knows what to do? And God God said the way that baby hungers after that milk, that's the way we're supposed to hunger after the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? This is my meat. This is my milk. This is my food. I thank God for the Bible. Friends, this is an essential. Could I encourage you? Get back in the Bible. Don't let dust collect on your Bible. Thank God for the Word of the Lord. My mom's in heaven. She's been there over 26 years. And I saw my mama do this a whole lot, Brother Jimmy. She loved the Bible so much. She would kiss it. And she'd say, I love my Bible. Well, I tell you what, there's not many people kissing the Bible. Not many people anymore love the Bible. But I'm telling you, we need to realize that if we're going to be healthy in the spiritual realm, you're going to have to have the Scripture for your food. You know, I don't care if it's an Olympic champion. I don't care if it's a triathlon champion. I don't care if it's a great boxer, a great wrestler, a great bicyclist. I don't care. Great weightlifters. I'm going to tell you how you could take them all down real quickly. I don't care how strong they are. All you got to do to take them down real quickly is stop feeding them. You see, it don't take long for somebody strong 
to start weakening without food. The same thing is true for me and you as the people of God. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how strong we think we are. We've got to have the spiritual food if we're going to stay strong for the glory of God. Just like a great bodybuilder, a great athlete, he depends on that food. And you de- de- if you uh, keep them from that food, then they'll immediately begin to weaken. You keep us from our spiritual food, the Word of God, and we will immediately begin to weaken. How many of you say tonight the Scripture is an essential? It's essential for our food. Number two tonight, I'm giving you another one. You're going to need this if you're going to survive. You're going to need this if you're going to come out beyond the coronavirus with victory in your soul. Number two, you're going to need the supplications for force. Supplications for force. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, supplications are simply prayers and intercessions before God. And I'm thinking about, there's so many verses in the Bible about prayer that I lean on, that I cling to. But I want to give you this tonight, James 5, 16. James said it this way. He said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And then he said this, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That effectual praying, that fervent praying, that, you know, that fervent is like this where they, see, it's like a boiling kettle. You know, the fire under it and the water's boiling. God help us tonight. Our prayers ought to be like a boiling kettle. Our prayers ought to be fervent and hot for God's glory. Effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man. And I'm going to tell you something about that. You might think you're getting somewhere with God with your secret sins, but you're not. You see, God don't honor the prayers of those that are living in sin. God don't honor the prayers of those that are hiding in the shadows in secret sins. But those that are righteous, those that are clean, those that are holy, those that are upright, those are the kind of prayer people that God pays attention to. And I don't know about you, I feel small in this big world. I'm just one little man out of seven billion people. But I'm so glad when my heart's clean and my life's right and my faith's in God, He hears me and He helps me and He answers my prayers. Are you thankful for that tonight? There is force behind the prayers of God's people. I use the word force because of this. In James 5, 16, when he said the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, I'm kind of a word student. I, I just study words in this Bible. See, God told me to preach the word, and if I'm going to preach the word, I need to know what the words mean. And some might think it a waste of time to look up a little word like much. I mean, we all know what much is, but I looked it up anyway. That word much is much more than much. (laughs) Whoop, hallelujah. I like that, don't you? That word much means this. It means there's force behind it. 
You know, I'm glad that my prayers are not just rituals. I'm glad that my prayers are not just religious things I do. I'm glad that when God's people pray and are serious with God and they got their faith in God and they're passionate toward God and their heart's right with God. I tell you something about them prayers. There's force. I said there's force behind them prayers because it's then that God gets behind those prayers. It means making an impact. You know, I'm burdened. The older I get, Brother Jamie, I'm getting more and more burdened because I remember hearing men of God that were my age and maybe even a little younger and maybe a little older when I was much younger. And it was men like that that God put me at their feet so that I could learn something about the power of God and prayer. I can tell you men that some are already in heaven, some are still on earth, but they're very old, the ones that are still here. But I'm telling you their prayers, their preaching, their lives had an impact on me. You know what that means? It means there was force behind their lives. There was something behind their lives that meant more than what man can do. You know, we have saw what men can do. And be honest with you, I'm tired of what men can do. I want to see what God can do. And brother, God can do something when we take on as an essential this matter of supplication and prayers. And thus and then, there will be force in our lives. There's a dear preacher, I could, I could name many. This preacher's still living. He's preached all over this country. I'm sure Pastor Woods and some of you probably know him. He's in his 80s now, Don Collins. And Don Collins is not long for this earth if God don't touch him. They gave him two weeks to live about a month ago. And he's still hanging on, very ill, very sick. You know, that man made a great impact in my life. Let me tell you a story. You know, when my mother, now I'm 57, my mother was carrying me. I didn't see any pictures of her carrying me, but my mother was about as skinny as that microphone. And she no doubt was one of them pregnant women that looked like she swallowed a basketball, you know, all baby, you know, skinny mama and all baby. But back then they didn't have ways to tell if it was a boy or girl. I guess back then you just took what you could get. Say amen. But anyhow, my mom and dad was visiting the hospital one day and they bumped into Don Collins. And I'm talking about I was not born. I was still in layaway. Say amen. And mom and dad were dear friends and they're all, mom and dad's in heaven. They're waiting for Don and they're waiting for all the rest of us. But you know, they bumped into Don and mom and daddy had already talked about it. They tell me this story. I'm trying to listen from inside, but I can't make out everything they're saying. But they tell me this story. They said, Brother Don, we don't know what our baby is, but if he's a boy, we're going to name him Don. We're going to name him after you. I guess if I'd have been a girl, I'd have been Donna. Amen. But I'm a boy. And can I say, I've always been a boy. And I always will be. Whoop! I just can't help but say that for the liberal crowd. 
Don't give me this transgender business. Amen. How many of you remember the great actor and great fighter? He was a Christian too, Chuck Norris. Y'all remember him? Man, a fighting machine. You know, everybody always looked up to him as a he-man. Well, I read an article by Chuck Norris one day and he had his picture there and my heart kind of fell. He said, I too once lived in a woman's body. And I thought, come on, Chuck. And then he said, and then I was born. Amen. Whoops, amen. The only time that a man's ever lived in a woman's body is before he was born. Can the church say amen? I'm messing up a good sermon, I guess, but glory to God anyhow. Well, I was born. They named me Don. When I was just a little lad of a boy, my daddy carried me to an old-fashioned tent revival in a place called Asbury, North Carolina. There's a church there now where that tent used to stand back when I was a little boy. Well, I got saved that night. Guess who was preaching? Don Collins. Well, some 10, 12 years after that, I'm standing on a platform like this, Brother Reed, circled by several preachers, a presbytery of preachers, as they laid their hands on me and ordained me into the gospel ministry. And guess who the head of the ordination presbytery was? Don Collins. You see, I was named after him. I was saved under him. I was ordained by him. You see, that's what you call an impact. I don't know about y'all, but I'm concerned about my generation making the impact that generation made on you and I. You see, there's a generation coming on. You know, I suppose there's two sweet girls and more watching me tonight uh, that are part of this church. You know, we got a responsibility uh, to make an impact on Lily and Anna and all the sweet children. We got a responsibility. We got to have force behind our lives. And that's an essential because what's going to happen to them if they don't see somebody that's real? What's going to happen to them if they don't get introduced to the mighty power of God? Well, not only supplications for force, Scripture for food, and I know some people think I'm old-fashioned here, but I believe tonight this is an essential. We need spiritfulness for fire. You see, fire is important in the work of God. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher that believes 100% in being filled with the Spirit of God. John the Baptist said of Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy to unloose his shoes, but he that cometh after me, he's mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. My, how we need that Holy Ghost fire baptism. You know, I know we got a few preachers here tonight, including myself. Can I preach to us preachers just a minute? Because I love preachers. I'm a friend of preachers. But preachers need preaching too, too. The Bible says in Hebrews 1-7, of His angels, He maketh His angels spirits and His ministers a flame of fire. God said, I make my ministers a flame of fire. You know what, I, pre- I appreciate many things about Pastor Wood. And if you're out in the audience, won't you give him a hand clap tonight. I appreciate this pastor. 
But I'm telling you, as I stood behind the pastor tonight, as he's fixing to introduce me and start this preaching part of the service, he blessed my heart in just a few words. You say, how did he bless you? He stood here and said, I'm not afraid. He stood here and said, we don't have to live in fear. He stood here and said, God, don't give us the spirit of fear. There's a lot of people claim to be Christians. They're running around scared to death about this coronavirus. This coronavirus hadn't got God off guard. And we don't have to be afraid because we serve the God that's able. And I appreciate a good pastor who gets up with a word of faith and a word that has no fear. And he challenges us to not be afraid. Amen. How can you be afraid when you got the fire? Woo! The fire of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that fire can take care of the virus? How many of you know the fire can take care of the coldness in our churches? How many of you know that fire can get us back going again? I want that fire, Brother Jimmy. I want that fire. That fire, it's an essential it's an essential. I don't know who will watch tonight, but men of God, please, don't think I'm your enemy. I'm your friend. But when you stand in front of a camera, or you stand in front of people, a congregation, if there's many, if there's few, the greatest thing you can bring them is fire. Be on fire for God. Some of the older saints remember that little cliche. We used to hear it years ago a lot. They even said it about me when I was a young man before I was even called to preach. They'd say something like, you know Don Anderson, man he's got on fire for God. Or they may something, say something about some young lady, man she's got on fire for God. But Miss Teresa, it breaks my heart, I don't hear much of that no more. I hear now people barely hanging by a thread. And the preacher can't hardly get the people committed. And they can't hardly get the people to be true. And they can't hardly get the people to be consistent and to be faithful. Hey, this coronavirus has put us in a very unique and unusual condition. But hey, there's a lot of folks whining about going to church and didn't even go no way. Brother, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the choir tonight. I'm looking at people that did go. I'm looking at people that missed the church. I don't know about y'all, but I miss the church, amen. I miss the house being full and the fellowship of the saints and enjoying my brothers and sisters in Christ. But this other crowd, man, they ain't, they ain't missing the church. They didn't go anyway unless it was Christmas or unless it was Easter. I call them C E. Be Christians. Christmas, Easter, buzzards. Amen. That's the only time they come around. Christmas, Easter, and they're buzzards and they're looking for something dead. Boy, I'm messing up a good sermon several times. I've done that tonight. But man, I got the cane help. It's, I want to be filled. I try not to let the sun, and I'm no expert, I'm nothing. Man, God reminds me. I can't preach. I don't know how to preach. I don't know what to do. I'm coming over here tonight saying, Lord, I don't know how to preach. I don't know what to do. Without you, I can do nothing. So if that makes you think less of me, I can't help it. That's just the way it is. Friend, I've got to have the feeling. I've got to have the power. I've got to have fire. Because those watching, they don't need a frozen preacher.
They need a preacher on fire. You know the greatest thing could happen to Reedsville Free Will Baptist Church? The greatest thing, you got a beautiful building. I see your upgrades. I appreciate all you do to make God's place better and better. Last time I was here, I saw a big old 50-passenger bus, yard full of children. Praise God, these things are wonderful. So many wonderful things go on here. That's why I love this place. But the greatest thing could happen here, Brother Jimmy, and I believe you'd agree, is if every person on the membership got on fire for God. Buddy, if everybody got on fire for God. You know, I was in a meeting the other day, and we were under these same kind of conditions. And the preacher just had his main people there, like y'all that are doing things and helping. And, and I know y'all got more main people than are here. But he had just some main people there. And at the end of the service, they passed the offering plate. And I could tell he was a little uneasy about the offering because there wasn't hardly nobody there. And I saw him over there counting the offering and the preacher shaking his head. And, he, and he's told the, whole, the ones that were there, you know what he said, Brother Jimmy? He said, we got as much offering tonight with this little group as we normally get with a big crowd. But you know, that's who's giving anyway. The crowd that's dedicated. You might have a house full of people, but in most cases, the whole house ain't giving. It's just that little group. That group we got here tonight. And there's some others, I know. Please don't misunderstand. But we need fire. You know, if, if, if we could just think about this. When a fire truck goes by, red lights flashing, sirens blaring. You know, it's not unusual to see several people following that fire truck. There's something about that fire. They follow that fire. You know, there's something about it that attracts. But you know, Brother Jamie, in all my life, I've never seen people get excited and fall in behind an ice truck. Who cares? And can I say nobody's going to fall in behind us if all we are is cold and indifferent. But if we'll get on fire for God, we can see something great for God. But let me give you this one in closing tonight. That is an essential. You're going to need spirit fullness if you're going to have fire. But in closing, just in case somebody's listening or watching that may be lost, this is an essential. This is absolutely necessary. This is of the utmost importance. This is an essential. You're going to need salvation for forgiveness. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one way to find forgiveness, and that's in Jesus Christ. About three weeks ago, I put out a, I've been putting out some short videos on my own while I've had eight weeks of cancellations trying to do something that would be a help to somebody. And I prayed much over these little videos. And, and a guy from Uganda, East Africa, wrote me. He said, I don't know how I found this video because we're not friends on social media. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. He said, how this video got to me, I do not know. But I want to thank you for sending that out. Well, I assumed he was in need because he told me he was a clinical student in East Africa, Uganda. 
And he was working and he was in fear about the coronavirus. He was very afraid. I got his email address, long story short, for several days. We started emailing back and forth. I poured my heart out to him with all the compassion I could. He had never heard of the gospel. Never heard of the gospel. He, all he knew was a little Catholic influence that had totally messed up his thinking. One point in our emails, he got offended. He got real mad. And I said, Lord, I've lost him. I've lost him right here. Please don't let me lose him. But it wasn't long. He came back and he said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have got mad. He said, but the things you're telling me go against all of my family tradition. He said, the things you're telling me are considered an abomination. He said, please forgive me. I'm sorry. Don't, don't give up on me. I said, friend, I'm not giving up on you. So we just kept corresponding. Long story short, after about five or six days going back and forth, I was praying for this man. And he wrote me back and he said, Preacher, I have now come to the understanding of what you're talking about. I bowed my heart, repented of my sins, and I asked Jesus to save my soul. And He saved me, preacher, just like you said He would. He did. He said, my religion left me afraid. My religion left me in fear. But what you've showed me has taken away all my fear because now I know that I'm saved. He writes me every day. Anytime I'm online, He sets His clock. Last night, He set His clock for 2 in the morning. You know, it was 2 in the morning there, 7 o'clock here. And he watched me last night. He couldn't watch tonight because I couldn't figure out how to get him there. But he said, I wish I could watch. But here's how he worded it. I will pray for your teaching that you will be a blessing. You know, he don't, he don't know much, but he got saved. And he's asking me to help him win his mother. And he's asking me to help him win his sisters. And I'm telling you, I believe the old boy, God may call him to preach and plant a church right there. I'm just here to tell you, there's an essential. It's called salvation. And that's the only way that you get forgiveness. This young man, African man, I've got a picture of him. I look at it every day. His name is Julius. Lord help Julius as I'm preaching right now. But if you're watching me, what God did for Julius, God can do for you. God forgave him and God saved him. I closed Friday night in an online revival not far from here. Pastor said over 2,000 people watched that. Now it's up to 2,200 people has watched it. He said he got phone calls of people getting saved. He got phone calls of people, Christians, getting their hearts in tune with God. Now friend, this coronavirus, I don't like it. To be honest with you, I don't like meeting like this no more than you do. But God has let us get the gospel further than we ever had under these difficult and unique circumstances. Christian... There's things you're going to need. You're going to need the Scripture for food. You're going to need supplication for force. You're going to need spiritfulness so you'll have fire. But if you're lost, you're going to need salvation for forgiveness. I want to bow my head and I'm asking the pastor to come up on the platform and I want to lead us in prayer and he can further however God shows him 
But as we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so honored to be with my friends tonight here. Brother Woods, Sister Woods, all the dear workers and helpers and those watching. And Lord, tonight, there may be somebody out there that's never been saved. I ask you tonight to help them bow their heart, repent of their sin. And Lord, as I pray, may they ask for forgiveness and receive salvation. But then, Lord, I believe there's people out there that are saved that, Lord, we need to recognize there are more essentials than physical essentials. Help us tonight. I'm not asking you to just to help them. I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you to help us all.